1: Cashew nut. Of course,
0: of course, that's a savage line. Hey, I'm ready. (laughs) Right foot back begins with a U. It ends with an.
1: lads are watching and waiting, anticipating the fate, the very fate, of WrestleMania 36 via an illness we are not allowed to say on YouTube because we get demonetized. Let's call it Voldemort. We are here via our Pro powered DeLorean, far away from illnesses that wipe out wrestling shows. At this point, the general concept of the new generation era was sending fans scurrying from the arenas as it was. And who be we? I'd be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, with the exception of the British Broadcasting Corporation in Newcastle. Thank you very much. Former multi-time Cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell, the man who you'll be so glad to hear has got a voice back. And I am here via the power of the internet with the bear in the big blue barcade, the head pen of the almighty brand new Cultaholic.com. It's had a shiny new look and a new logo. It's blatantly a C in the middle of the ring. Come on. He's the head pen, because if you give him a pencil, chances are he's going to snap it in half and force it through the old Cultaholic logo center and put that in a bin, because he only needs a pen because he gets it right every time. Here's Justin Henry, and he is off of America.
2: I'm trying to see if I remember how to do all of this.
1: Mate, I've forgotten. It's been a while. Where should we begin? <laughs> Feels for like forever. <laughs> Before we went on air, I I regaled uh, Justin Henry with my version of Creed's "My Sacrifice" in its entirety. You'll be excited to hear, and you had a lovely time, didn't you, Justin?
2: Yes, my morale is soaring. There you go,
1: mate. It's been ages since me and you had a chat.
2: Uh, yes, it's been uh, approximately two weeks since we last recorded. We, or sorry, three weeks actually, and because it- um, because you've been
1: sick. I've been sick. I've been a sick boy. I was very, I was bedridden and poorly a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and this is a fun story as a result of a wild coughing fit. As a result of the cold that I had, I lost my voice. (laughs) And literally couldn't talk. I barely could talk for the entire week. And then I got to the Friday, the day that we recorded this podcast last week, and the entire voice just escaped me to the point where I had to uh, cancel on Cultaholic, cancel my radio commitments, and just go to bed and cry. So it's nice that we're back together just. Yes, we were just going
2: to do a video podcast of you holding up signs like Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara.
1: <laughs> that was genuinely a consideration.
2: <laughs> but, but the... But the problem is um, that there would have been a lot of signs. And um, <laughs> I, I can't afford writers' cramp with the job I have. He is the head marker of Call of the Hollywood. Like, <laughs> yeah. to
1: hand him something that worth a shoppy anyway. Also, also, on the subject of you being the head pen, right? Low key, <laughs> you and I worked together on a video for the first time recently. We did. That was exciting. For the first time, I got to voice one of just so Behind oh, the curtain. Yes, that's you know what I mean? Yeah, I do you know what I love. This is why I love working with Justin. Because you went Yes, we did. Because yeah, even though you had no idea what I was talking about until just then, you just nodded and agreed. I love you so much. Um, you said that was
2: on a video, i I'm like, wait, was I recorded without mine knowing? I mean, you know, the NSA is kind of a thing here in,
1: in America. It's that one where you sleep. Um, it's the, It was uh, behind the curtain, uh, the the Amazing Lists videos that we do at Cultaholic, normally voiced by Adam Pacitti or the delectable tones of Sam Driver. Uh, and normally behind the scenes, there is some incredible writers putting them together. Uh, I am joined by one of them, Head pen as it were. Uh, and for the first time in history, Justin Henry penned and penned a uh, a list video that I voiced, so that was quite nice that we got to work together.
2: Yes, I've had many eclectic voices uh, voice these scripts I've written.
1: And what nice was that? It was the last. I think it was the last thing I recorded for Cultaholic before my voice completely gave out. Yes, <laughs> and it was put, that was after mm-hmm. that done.
2: At least a script with the virus just to take you
1: out. <laughs> That's pretty. You, I think you laced the words in a certain order that meant that when I <laughs> said them, it dis, the voice <laughs> disappeared. <laughs>
2: I'm sure Ross will be paying me
1: any day now. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Fine, don't but anyway. <laughs> but hey, Justin, how rude are we? How rude, rude are we? We're the rudest bastards. Because we have someone else in the room.
2: Yes, if we were any rude, we'd be inspiring about Velotine Dream's entire gimmick.
1: Hey!
2: But yes, our guest for today... Um, because she is off of college for a while based on the recent world events and and the paranoia and the need to uh, be vigilant in times like this. Our good friend Sydney Zambowicz, who did not watch this episode, but is going to play along anyway, because why the hell not?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. This is was shot on me very last minute. So we'll oh, see how...
2: Oh, that's me every every Friday morning. God damn, we're recording today, aren't we? <laughs>
1: Said baby. We'll maybe. see how
0: we'll, we'll see how crazy it goes. But uh, yeah, technically uh, can't be on campus uh, for the next month and a half. So I will be very bored. What? But I still have classes. They're just um, they're just online.
1: A month and a half.
0: April twentieth.
1: Jeez, that's a long yep. time.
2: I like students it are leaving the house time. on that day.
0: It's literally the, uh, the week before finals. And I just find it funny because now everyone at college has to mark 420 on their calendar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're all blazing it as you get to the end of your year. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, before we get into the rigors of Monday Night Raw from 1994, uh, Sid, you were a dub. You were at Revolution. Yes, I was. Give <laughs> us some highlights.
0: Uh so um uh when we got there uh we went we we were like ready to go and meet um uh Cody and the Young Bucks and uh we got to our hotel and we got an, a message that said oh Young Bucks and Cody are sold out which made me very very sad. Oh. but um we decided we'd still go and see uh, who else was going to be there later. Um and uh so uh we went and unfortunately we weren't able to see them or see the live show cause we got there so late. But, um, we did uh, find out the young bucks had a book signing, which, uh, was a lot, a lot cheaper. And we also got a copy of their book for when it comes out in September. So got to see them, which was awesome. Uh, they remembered me, gave me a hug, asked where I'd been, all that stuff. Um, and then, uh, We saw a few other people. Um, Austin saw Punk again, uh, which is cool. Uh, We kind of got buddy-buddy with Sammy Guevara, which is pretty funny. Uh, We found out that the hotel we were staying at, literally all the wrestlers were staying there. So we would just get in the elevator, see a wrestler. We'd be in the lobby. Wrestlers would walk by to the arena. Like, it was insanity. We were waiting for pizza one night and Austin literally saw every single person on the roster walk by him or sit down in front of him or just something. Uh, And then the show was absolutely incredible, absolutely loved it. Uh, We had a lot of moments happen that were right, right in front of us, which was very, very cool. Um, From what I heard, me and Austin were on TV once each, but I still don't know for sure if that was true. And then Sunday morning, we met Mox, so I got to meet uh, the person I was very, very excited to meet, so I got to meet Mox, which was awesome. And then uh, we kind of uh, just got lunch, headed on the train, and then train got stopped for quite a while. Uh, Something broke down or something, and we were stuck there for quite a bit. I was a little freaked out, but uh, eventually we got going again. We just got back at, like, midnight instead of, like, 10, but... I mean, it was it was an absolute blast, and yeah, I, I had a great time, and uh, just earlier uh, last night um, with the whole Young Bucks doing like, hey, we're putting out a number, and you can text it. I was like, you know what? I'll text it, and then I also put a picture of like this collage I made of all of the pictures I'd taken with the Young Bucks, to which at 2.41 in the morning, which I was asleep already, so I didn't see it till this morning, I got a an actual message from from him uh saying that i was the best and thanks for everything and that they always look forward to seeing me and i was very very happy so i am in a very very good mood i'm sorry i'm talking very fast
1: (laughs) oh well (laughs) that's lovely though it sounds like you clicked with them all
0: oh yeah and then um We actually uh, also uh, clicked with um, Sam, the Atlas security guard. Me and Austin, uh, we had done a podcast at uh, the Smoke and Mirrors event at All Out. And Sam actually had talked to us there. And when I went up to just go say hi to him, he remembered us. And we actually talked to him for like a good 10, 15 minutes because he actually works in the city that um, my mom used to work. And uh, apparently his girlfriend works at the same place she did. did. But um, I I give all the props to Sam because Sam made sure that I would still be able to see Cody and I got to get a picture with him and I was very, very happy.
1: And all those pictures are on your Twitter right now, aren't they?
0: Not all of them, but majority.
1: There's a few. I'm looking at a few now. (laughs) (laughs) You forgot the best part,
2: Sid.
0: The best part?
2: Yeah, MJ, I threw a beer at you.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> not me, but the person in front of us uh, that everyone assumed was a plan. Uh, we got to see, like, the after moments after beer was thrown on him. And uh, the guy was literally like, 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 um, the Atlas security guard came up, like, are you all right? Like, are you OK, man? And he was like, oh, no, I was totally asking for it. But, um, no, the one where I got beer on me, that was from Jericho. Jericho, oh, okay. and, and it wasn't it wasn't beer actually i found out later it was water but um he literally just picked up someone's water and shook it and like me and austin got very wet
2: <laughs> jericho's very uh very lawless is he not
0: yeah now they're gonna have to put a sign at uh in front of the places saying like if you're on the floor you may get wet <laughs> it's
2: like a gallagher show
0: oh yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know what this says um, about me or CM Punk, but I was I was just scrolling through your pictures as you were talking then, Sid, like looking for the pictures that you took from the event. And uh, was like, yep. I was like, oh, there's, uh, there's you in the box, there's you in SCU. I was like, oh, there's you in Peter Avalon. And I went, oh, hang on. Oh, no, that's CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> it was very
0: weird seeing the mustache he had. And Austin's now met him three times. Each time with different facial hair. One time he was fully clean shaven. The other time it was the normal stuff. And the next time it was the
1: mustache. Which do you prefer?
0: I prefer his normal look. I think he looks, I mean, he still looks really good and stuff, but like the mustache is just like, I don't know if that works for me. (laughs) And when he's clean shaven, I'm just like, something's missing here.
2: Mm. He's hiding from creditors.
1: <laughs> just I'm just going to put this in the chat, right? You tell me that doesn't look a little bit like Peter Avalon.
0: Oh well, it does. <laughs> yeah.
1: It really does. He looks like Rick Rude actually. <laughs> if Rick Rude was still with us, that would be his autograph signing picture.
0: I saw someone was saying like, "Oh, he looks like David Starr." And people were like
1: I think that was who it was at least.
2: Well, Vince doesn't like him either.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, David Starr, bless him. Uh, pr- pretty much blackballed from every promotion WWE has anything to do with now. That's... But, hey, why are we talking about that? It's not our place to talk about that. We're on the toes of other people.
2: Yes, we're, we're here to talk about stuff from back when Vince was nearly convicted of... Uh of you know the whole steroid distribution thing
1: yeah exactly we're talking about another massive wrestling crisis on the horizon and we are going back to 1994 where and when are we this week justin
2: holy holy f let me figure this out now (laughs) Um,
1: yeah full disclosure these are justin's notes from several weeks ago back when we were going to record before my voice fell over so we're all sort of working at different levels
2: just to put it in perspective, I watched and I, I watched this and took notes on the evening of Thursday, February the 20th. Wait, is that correct? Or is that Actually, my bad. On on the 27th, February 27th. And uh, Tom skipped two weeks after that. <laughs> and I have not watched this show since. So all I have are just these loose notes of, uh, of a show that I barely remember. So there's going to be a whole lot of, wait, what? And... <laughs> oh yeah! During the course of this show, but so you... this is this aired on Monday, July 18th, 1994. It was taped 17 days earlier in Bushkill, Pennsylvania.
1: Uh, do you want a couple of little notes of what was happening in the wrestling world at this point?
2: Well, I know Vince was on trial, but what else?
1: Okay, so Vince McMahon's still on steroid trial. It looks like he could be potentially going to prison. More on that next time. Uh, Meanwhile, elsewhere in the wrestling world, uh, staying with with WWF, first of all, uh, question for you both, pop quiz, which former WWF champion was buried in this month's edition of the WWF magazine?
2: I think I might know the answer, but I'll, I'll let Sid try to guess first. What
1: do you reckon, Sid?
0: I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, just make a name up for my amusement.
0: I don't know. This yes. was basically this, this was
1: a very out of character moment for WWF Magazine, where a former wrestler who used to work for them uh, was it was a hatchet job of an article that just destroyed <laughs> them in this particular year. Who do you reckon, looking at the landscape, Sid? It I, well, might be. Just make a name up.
0: Um, uh, I Yokozuna. We- I don't know. Okay,
1: Yokozuna oh. is your guess. Okay, uh, Justin.
2: I actually remember this article. If I'm, if I'm recalling correctly, I believe it was superstar Billy Graham.
1: It, well, you're remembering a different article.
2: Am, am I really? Yes. Well, Wait, is it Bruno?
1: It's not Bruno. Hogan. It is Hulk Hogan. From the Wrestling Observer in this in in this particular week, the WWF magazine on the newsstands did an article that did a major burial on Hogan, mentioning his age and saying how he went to another organization where the talent is mainly past their prime,
2: as opposed to this one that has Nikolai Volkoff and Roddy Piper <laughs> and Jerry Lawler and Bob Backlund and.
1: I know, right? Isn't it hilarious? Uh, so, but, but, be that as it may, uh, Billy Graham uh, was very much out of favor around this time with the WWF as well, so it would yeah. not shock me. Well, obviously, as you say, we've got one of those hatchet jobs to come, too.
2: Because there is some issue that has an article that basically trashes him, because he was going on talk shows blaming Vince for the whole steroid thing, and they basically put up put an article saying how he was just a con artist and a liar and a charlatan and all that stuff, and just, just trying to you know, damage his character, although... has said some certainly has has said some outlandish things over the years especially recent
1: years very much so very much so um also uh which triple a star did wwf want to tie down
2: hmm triple a star well since it's it's the summer of 94 so this could run the gamut they're probably looking to sign jake roberts and ray mysterio knowing knowing Vince's mentality at the time um not Conan, I wouldn't think. Or is it?
1: Titan, according to Wrestling Observer, Titan made a major play to raid Conan since the AAA shows have proven to have oh. some drawing power in New York and Chicago. But apparently Conan is staying with AAA after all. He's got 18 months left on his contract with Televisa. And,
2: and sure enough, in early 96 he showed up in WCW, so the 18-month part definitely holds up.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, Sid... Uh, name a famous wrestling Sid that defeated Jerry Lawler for the USWA Unified title in this year. The only Sid I know is Sid Vicious. And that's the right answer! Yes. <laughs>
0: A cookie,
1: you won yourself a ku Uh, Sid Vicious indeed uh, won the USWA unified title from Terry Lawler by default on television in the run up to Raw this week. They had a match scheduled for telly, um, but there was a pre match altercation which saw Vicious give Lawler a choke slam. Lawler couldn't come out for his match, so he forfeited the title.
2: John, if you're out there, please, for the love of God, give me photos. Of Sid doing the Homer bit from the um, Space Camp, where he's like the two best words in English language, default, <laughs> default, and then and then have him get whacked with a blackjack right afterwards.
1: Amazing. Also, John, by Arne Anderson. Uh, John, John, who we understand uh, is is now released from lockdown since this show has been off air. Uh, John is now is, out of isolation and he can Photoshop again. Uh, John, I want Sid vicious. Sid. Vicious. Oh, for oh, Christ's <laughs> sake. Think of the, 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 the... John, if you know what I'm saying in terms of like the, 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 to- the tones I'm using, me and John have a hive mind, I want Sid <laughs> vicious.
2: Sid, have you ever threatened someone with a squeegee before?
0: Um, no, I don't believe so, but I've gotten okay. close.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you might be closer See, after this.
2: What we have to do now... At the next at the next giant indie convention, you know, after this whole thing eventually blows over, where we where we can't go anywhere, we need to we we need to find Brian Pullman Jr. and have Sydney threaten him with a, with a squeegee at a bar. Yes, I don't ask for much. We can make that Sid, happen. Sid, trust me, it makes sense in context.
1: Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that is some of the highlights from the Observer that aren't. Uh, Vince going to prison. So, with that as it is, let's crack on with this scintillating episode of Monday Night Raw from July. Well, according to this thing
2: I wrote 15 days ago, <laughs> this, the, the show begins with the Tonka on Heartbreak Hotel, which is a great sentence in and of itself. Um, he accuses Luger of selling out. I think this is just a short clip. There's just little expositions, that lead to SummerSlam, and then we hit the opening montage. Tonight we may find out if Luger sold out. It's a hell of a sell, not hell in a cell, but hell of a sell.
1: That's a that is a big that is a big push, and this is going to be outside of Leslie Nielsen. It's one of the biggest pushes going into
2: SummerSlam. Every time you bring up freaking Leslie Nielsen, I'm, I'm bringing up like a standing a count or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we do start with with a surprisingly good match. For the Intercontinental Title, Diesel defended against Lex Luger, and I was shocked by how how solid this match was.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed that. I, do you know what? Good match. Two guys who work really well together, mesh very very well. So Sid Vicious, I uh, Sid Vicious. Sorry, I'm thinking of uh, <laughs> thinking of Sydney Somewitz again. My apologies. Um, Lex Luger, who has had. An up and down time of it, currently embroiled in, as we say, one of the bigger feuds going into SummerSlam, uh, taking on the guy who definitely, Vince McMahon, has massive plans for at the moment.
2: Also, I should point out, Luger is the um, subject of the War Stories video series, the first episode that premiered this past Sunday, narrated by the great Sam Driver.
1: It is, and that is on our Cultaholic YouTube channel right now. Sid, if you checked out the it War Stories so video yet? was
0: good. I loved it. Yes, I
2: have. Excellent. Sam's, Sam's editing job on it was impeccable.
1: This is its a real, it's a really, really special video, and I'm excited to see more of this. Like, I love that we have a team of people that are so passionate about wrestling, that we have these things come to life, and I love it.
0: It has, like, As, a, like a professional air to it. Like, it just, it looks like something WWE would make, or, like... Something that, like, a, an actual company. You take wrestling that back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, something
2: AEW would make better.
1: Much better. Uh, it's got Jim Ross <laughs> talking all over it.
2: Hey, 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 how about this? I, I read my notes verbatim because I put in some sarcasm stuff here. Sarcastic, I should say, not sarcasm stuff. Jesus.
1: Some sarcasm stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it most certainly did, Tommy's. But um, I read... I read it verbatim, and when something sounds funny or silly, you just cut me off, and we'll go from there. <laughs> How's that?
1: That sounds like a treat, mate.
2: Okay, so this is what I put: Sean gyrating a bit to Diesel's music is hilarious.
1: It doesn't. Doesn't it... work at all.
2: <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it, it's truck truck horns blaring, and Sean's trying to strip.
1: <laughs> it's the, uh, it's, yeah. the it's, it's the it's the the weirdest bit of pleasure I've had watching wrestling for a while. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is going to turn into, like, Mad Libs in the way, because <laughs> I'm going to go, wait, what does that have to do with anything?
0: Fill in the blank. <laughs>
2: Pretty much. Give me
0: an adjective.
2: Kept, Nash should have kept the five o'clock shadow. Agreed. No Dibiase at ringside. Morello's the ref, which is really creepy at this point. Because he you know, died two weeks earlier. He, he
1: did a die, yeah. That's uh, quite the... Uh, it is very weird to see him on television still.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> JR thinks Luger's hoping to have better luck in this title match. Look bring up Luger's history as a choke artist in title matches. That's that, that's good for your top baby or for one of your top baby faces.
1: I like how they um, I like how they own it though.
2: Oh, <laughs> <Well>, poor Lex. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lex's funny because he's crap at belts. And it certainly is, but not bus acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> savage calls diesel one of the best athletes he's ever seen i'm gonna let that sit for five seconds
1: savage is just on one this week but i feel like i say that every week yeah,
2: getting closer to the end
1: <laughs> diesel
2: has to break on five on a pie face oh, I what? Again.
0: <laughs> ah,
2: damn it! One second. it's okay just come back when you're ready Luger gets shoved through the ropes like a geek. <laughs> I should have said that more Brian Alvarez, like, like a geek. Like a, like geek. a geek. Luger works for a sunset flip all the way across the ring. Okay, I recall that spot. That was actually pretty cool. There's
1: a good bit of distance on that sunset flip.
2: Diesel malls Lawler, I mean Luger. <laughs> Luger sails over the ropes on a charge. Mash got exciting all of a sudden.
1: I feel like this is like a weird haiku.
2: <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> clever.
2: <laughs> I'm like William S. Burroughs doing beat poetry. <laughs> Sean gets a great running clothesline. Well, because Sean Sean's, Sean's got carried his match from the floor. DiBiase is watching from some creepy voyeur's area. Right, that, that I kind of remember because he, he's up in like the up in like the distant darkness, like it, he's like watching a snuff film.
1: Oh, it was really weird, and they had to really zoom in on the balcony, and you just see these two little eyes just peeking out. <laughs> it's just, like, surely Ted could go into the crowd or something. It just felt really weird him being up there.
2: Ted DiBiase in Fatal Attraction.
1: <laughs>
2: DiBiase is... I said that already. Right. Savage calls a reverse chin lock a torture rack. <laughs> <laughs> Diesel has a sleeper. Luder runs for the corner. Diesel shoves him in. Sleeper's on the rebound. Because he's, he's probably working a sleeper hold, I guess. Sean wants the bell to ring prematurely. Of course he does. That's kind of his thing. <laughs> ring the effing bell.
0: You're like, you're like, but you're like looking at your old notes like, like, well, come on, idiot. Of course he does that.
2: Well, it's, if you's in Montreal, you know how much he loves a, a nice prematurely ring bell.
0: Oh, for sure.
2: JR is in his glory calling Luger's comeback. Morella gets bumped. Luger gets the rack. Sean supercates Luger's cervical area to break
1: it. <laughs> oh, he did? This still feels like a weird haiku.
2: Oh, this is going to be a weird show, so get used to it, buddy. <laughs> Razor comes out to go after Sean. Both hit the ring for a brawl. Morella calls for the bell. Luger brings up a spike pile driver, but Razor falls on his head anyway. Then I added, holy shit. Because <laughs> Razor almost died.
1: It was ugly. It was ugly.
2: Razor, I saved you. I'll hug you after, after the concussion subsides. Uh, if, if I recall, I think Diesel had, either Diesel or Sean had Razor up for the spike pile driver. other was going to, you know, drive him down by, by the feet. Luger hits the guy holding Luger, holding Razor up. So Razor lands right on his
1: freaking head. So it was just, it was, so basically he helped the pile driver happen.
2: Yes, it was a three-man pile driver. Sugar made it made it
1: more painy. The ultimate heel turn.
2: As swerve. He did sell out. <laughs> it's a double DQ. DiBiase looks annoyed from the entranceway.
0: <laughs> now it's a haiku.
1: Yes, mate.
2: <laughs> so, yes, that was, um, despite my very wooden line reading there, as I channel my W script reading.
1: But it was fine, mate. Um, <laughs>
2: That was a uh, that was actually a pretty good match between two bigger guys.
1: I really liked it. I thought they had really nice chemistry together, Luger and Diesel. I thought they really matched well. This felt like a big match. This felt like a big oh, deal. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was pretty good for a second round of TV tapings from one night. You know, it kind of—I mean, obviously, it wasn't going to be Brett versus Kid. That was the gold standard. But given that it was Luger versus Diesel, you know, given how limited they can be against even guys who are decent workers. These two handled handled very well. And I, I think these are you're seeing uh with Kevin Nash, his improvement just from working with the clip guys.
1: I genuinely I, feel like this could have been a pay-per-view match. Oh
2: definitely, except for the crap finish.
1: With the exception of the crap finish, like these like just in terms of like the feel of this match and the and, and some of the stuff in this match was very good. I feel like you could have had this as a as a proper IC title match on a pay-per-view.
2: Sid, you watch enough Lex Luger matches and Diesel matches with, uh, or just through the years. Um, Who do you think is better out of the two?
0: Out of the two, I'd have to go probably Diesel, honestly. Really? Yeah.
2: Well, he's more entertaining. I'll give him that.
0: That that that's the way I think about it. Like I feel like he he does really good good work as well as uh, being able to entertain the crowd and. Luger does really good work, but I don't know if he was really entertaining besides being like, I'm America. Now I'm a bad guy. Now I'm America. It's just like...
2: She she actually summed up how fans felt about Luger at that point. It's like she traveled hey, back in time. I
0: know stuff. I, I think I did.
2: <laughs> you said you're doing better than you realize.
0: <laughs>
2: but, but, but you know, one thing they, that these two have in common, Luger and Diesel, is that um Vince... Vince thought both of them were the next Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Tommy's still there?
1: I'm still here. I'm listening to you both. You have a lovely (laughs) chat. I was having a nice nice big sip of my coffee. I was responding to a very quick update about Pablo, who uh, we believe may or may not have... We believe he may or may not have cat laryngitis. Uh, Uh, What did you give him? Cat laryngitis. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. we just normally normally he wakes up in the morning and uh, and he gives like multiple meows which is like hello flesh shaped mound can you please give me some food since it's you that somehow controls <laughs> the means of food which is weird uh, so i get that on a morning normally uh, normally if i go to the toilet before i feed him he scratches on the door until i come out uh, he's a dick like that. Uh, but this morning, this morning, instead of being woken up to meow, 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 I was woken up to. I was like, oh mate, you got laryngitis. Aww. He's fine. He's still a dick, and he was being a dick all morning still. So I'm, I'm not concerned that it's anything major. I just think he's lost his voice. <laughs> Tom, the passive-aggressive cat owner. Yes, he he's no, no. He no. I love him. I love the bones off of Pablo, but he knows he's a dick, and it's fine.
2: <laughs> Tandem dickery.
1: He's just a dick. He just sometimes is a dick. Like I'll get out of bed to go make a drink, and I'll come back to bed, and he's and he's and he's curled up on my side of the bed, pretending he's fast asleep. It's like, mate, you got in there three seconds ago. You do not fall to deep sleep that quick.
2: Look my cat. Look my cat. Harley, steals my chair.
1: See, and, and I bet I, 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 he's a dick as well.
2: Nah, he's actually just very um, dickish, misguided, and clingy. Dickish.
0: My cat, my cat Glinda, is a big, a big dick to other cats. Uh, she's gotten better with people, but other animals, like she, my my favorite thing was um, Murphy, uh, my uncle's dog, walked up to her, and she like looked at him for a second, and was slowly raising her paw. And Murphy didn't realize it. And so she went and slapped him on the nose. And then he barked at her and she ran away.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, but yeah, she's, she's, quite,
0: she's quite a dick. But I have two other cats that are one cat that's very, very, very shy. But she's actually out right now, which is surprising. Um, and the other that hates uh, my uncle's dog right now. So whenever he's down here, she's hiding. But that's my Bella girl.
1: Uh, who slept with me last night, which was very nice. Oh. Oh, that's adorable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, cats, but, they, but cats are still dicks, let's forget. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah. cats are fascinating mm-hmm. creatures. Sorry, I've you brought know? this entire conversation to a grinding halt talking about Pablo. That's, that's, that's really that's rude quite of me. all right. I'm the one that's in the show the most recent. I should be the one steering the ship. I've just crashed us into some rocks. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, all the cat chatter is uh, taking away from the fact that I barely remember this show.
1: Cat chatter, or catter, if you will. Catter, yes.
2: <laughs>
0: Plus, it probably will fill some time since we don't have a ton to <laughs> say regarding the show since I've never watched it and Justin
2: doesn't
1: remember it. <laughs> hey, Sid, uh, hey, Sid, uh, speaking a ton. And,
2: and speaking of things that Sid's a fan of, here comes Mabel. Hey!
0: Uh... uh
2: well, you going not know, watch the match. What are you so mad about?
0: But that doesn't mean... I'm still not like... Uh...
2: <laughs> Mabel versus Austin Steele.
1: What a showcase of the Immortals right here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All, Austin Steele was like discount store Ric Flair. That, that I remember. Uh,
1: okay. He's a, he's a semi-deflated Ric Flair.
2: <laughs> yes, he's a... Winner of the Ric Flair lookalike contest at his local um, Viking Hall or whatever.
1: <laughs>
2: VFW.
1: He just turned up in his dressing gown and they went, Ric Flair! Yes, well done, mate. You win. I he
2: goes, Who's Ric Flair? <laughs> yeah. Never watched wrestling before. Who's Ric Flair? I wrote, Nice suit on Oscar, I'll say. Tom backed me up. with Oscar's suit
1: nice? Do you know what? Lovely suit. Shame about everything that came out of his mouth, but it was a lovely suit. Big fan of a Mabel? strong suit. <laughs>
2: I added Mabel throws Steel out of a headlock. He lands awkwardly. Steel does the flare flip, comes off the top. Gets a two-hand throat shove for his efforts. Mabel gets a Northern Lights take her out of a knuckle lock. Did that actually happen?
1: It happened, mate. A flipping Northern Lights. I I, I didn't. So Mabel's like Alicia Fox?
2: (laughs) I think she might be. Then Spike Slam ends it.
1: Done so, and done. This actually doesn't sound bad. This match. <laughs> it was fine. It was one of his. It was one of his slightly better outings. Like, is uh, so it was it was still a quarter star. yeah. Let's let's be nice and give it half a star.
2: All right, go Mabel.
1: Go Mabel. <laughs> i
2: mean, that's as far as he's gonna go. Easy. It's like, I mean, I how I doubt he'll get a minimum push or anything in the next year. I mean, that would just be, you know, silly and superfluous.
1: Oh, could you imagine? They must—they they would have to be really short of <laughs> wrestling stars to consider giving Mabel a push for the WWF Championship.
2: Oh, said that reminds me. In, Fe- in February of next year, we need you to do the King of the Ring 95 with us. <gasps> yes. Okay, I know why. Okay, i just make sure. You
1: absolutely do. Thank you, please.
2: SummerSlam report. Why is Tall Petting Zoo wearing a plaid jacket?
1: I've got in my notes here. Over to Todd Pettingill in his dad suit jacket. <laughs> oh,
2: I love Toll Petting Zoo. <laughs> I was just reading that and I was just like, <laughs> there was actually a there was actually a worse name someone came up with for him, but I, I went with a nicer one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who is it that, that coined Tom Petting Zoo?
2: I have no idea. It but was just... it was
1: um, Raven Johnny Polo. Oh, yeah, Johnny Polo. Crap, that's right. It was Johnny Polo. He was always he was always um, knocking about with people's names. I loved him for
2: yeah, it. He was, he was always good with the wordplay. Mm-hmm.
1: He was he was um, uh, he was always twisting up people's names to make them uh, slight like kind of sound the same but not the same. He was the master of the portmanteau. Kind of. It's, it's
2: it's funny because years later, I always thought Raven was was a superior character. I watch old Johnny Polo stuff and I just crack up because it's like this may have actually been better than Raven.
1: He was he certainly had a, a swagger to him. It was more more in tune with who
2: he is as a person because he's more sarcastic and whimsical, whereas, Ra- whereas Raven is something that he had to get into as a character. You know, just you know, channel that that sort of um, dark charisma. Yeah. But him, just, but him being light and goofy is who Scott Levy actually is, I understand. And if you've seen his Twitter, then you know that's definitely true.
1: Yeah, very much uh, so, so.
2: Then I quoted Todd in saying, tickets are going quicker than smokes at an AAA meeting. That and line. Chuckles, killing it.
1: That, that line, followed by the laugh. What a moron. It was... It was... It was it, that if ever there was a line that was over time, it's it's tickets for SummerSlam are going quicker than free smokes at an AA meeting,
2: which actually isn't a bad line in and of itself. But then he laughed afterwards.
1: Oh, that was the and sad it's like, part. You don't
2: have your own jokes.
0: Reminds me, me of my dad. My dad literally. No, any joke he says, oh. he'll <laughs> laugh at it as loud as he possibly can afterwards.
1: Oh, your dad's my hero. <laughs> well,
2: well let's see. Well that was
1: funny. <laughs> I, got, I got some grief for laughing at my own jokes on NWA The Circle Squared.
2: Well, because how can you not? You're a hilarious guy.
1: I know. That's why I told NWA <laughs> Legends on Twitter they weren't having it. <laughs> which,
2: which reminds me, why haven't you put in to be uh, Sean Spears' partner yet?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I,
0: Please. Uh, I think it's. I will give you all the money
1: i have <laughs> if you do that. can i can i survive my one wrestling match which by the time you're hearing this has already happened and then maybe we'll take it from there
2: you'll be fine we'll it'll survive. be okay
1: and by the time you hear this it's happened so we'll we'll know <laughs> we'll know because the the we'll know how well it went because the graphic art might be like in memory of like from the wwe uh tribute shows. <laughs> It'll just be <laughs> picturing me with 1984, 2020. <laughs> he told you he was going.
2: That's good. It'll just be me, me, me and Matthew just combining
1: the podcast and the one giant show. that ah, would be fine. be brilliant, actually. I'm down for that. Yeah. Somebody else have to...
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why what, what is Torbeni doing wearing the flat jacket? It was <laughs> 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 awful. Justin.
1: I had to take his place on the pod on the Cultaholic podcast uh, this week, and uh, did, I realized you- how hard he works. Bless him. He,
2: he's he's a very hard working man. And ever, ever since um I began semi self isolating, I've been watching Botch and Mains, and I realized he's done a lot of these. Holy crap! He
1: is he is honestly Just- a workhorse. Is that guy? Matthew Absolutely.
0: Roles. My favorite God bless you, thing Matthew. was when when I first when I first met him, like literally he was running, like he was running because he was late for his meet and greet.
2: <laughs> he's <laughs> up, he's a mad, I'm late adder. for the show.
0: I'm late for the show. Bye.
2: <laughs> John, John, give me the mass patter. <laughs> he,
0: he, he still did stop to give me a quick hug though, which is cool.
1: Oh, what a guy!
2: <laughs> nice guy.
0: He's great.
2: Then I added Taker versus Taker. WF has hired Leslie Nielsen. Oh, no. Brett versus Owen in a steel cage. Oh, yes. (laughs) The Hart family will all be there.
0: It really is a haiku now.
2: (laughs) This is me mustering all the energy I can for this um, rather inconsequential
1: show. It feels so weird how, like, I don't feel like we've, we've really had any of the real build to Undertaker versus Undertaker on Raw.
2: Yeah, it's all been on the weekend shows because yeah. Raw is not... It's A-show-ish, but it's not the A-show yet. They're still clinging to syndication like it's, you know, the future. When when really Cable is where it was at, 19, in, in the mid-90s.
1: It's only because if you watched um, Raw in a vacuum, kind of like what we're doing, you had the one week where... Undertaker was back in speech marks, and he was with Ted Dibiase, and Paul Bearer wasn't happy. And then the following week, there's old Tom Pettingu going, "It's gonna happen, the Undertaker versus the Undertaker." <laughs> like, what, what? What do you mean? Hang on, he was, <laughs> we have missed a thousand steps. Why is Leslie Nielsen there? <laughs> like, did I fall asleep for a year?
2: Yes, this whole thing just feels like it's. A movie. We can kind of see where the strain is from where the company may not be, be fully focused on the product right now, given, you know, the, the legal issues um, that, that are facing the head honcho and how he may be going up the river for a little while.
1: Well, Jerry Jarrett's see, see what, running wait. the operation. Well, you know. Oh,
0: wait. wait, so they are still building to the mash? It's just on the weekend shows? Cause... Kind of. Okay.
2: See, 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 Superstars at this point was... Superstars have been the main show for many, many years, and even though Raw has been around for a year and a half at this point, while most of the big, most of the big developments have happened on Raw, it hasn't fully taken over as the A show yet. They kind of balance some stuff. Okay. So it's um, yeah. They as Tom mentioned, they missed a few steps in here, and I just want to point out that just the sheer disparity between the one match, Taker versus Taker with. Leslie Nielsen investigating how, how there could be two Undertakers and ju- and juxtaposed that with, with Bret Hart versus Owen Hart in a steel cage for the world title and what, is ga- and what I, will, I will tell you right now it, is a tremendous effing match and uh, you're seeing the two extremes here, the two opposite ends of the spectrum quality wrestling with a heated feud and sheer malarkey
1: <laughs> there's no in between
2: <laughs> yes, there's a... <laughs> That's kind of how it was at this point. If 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 Brett or Sean were involved with somebody good, they could have a great match and save a show. But otherwise, it had a chance to be really, really, really bad through sheer tone deafness. And cartoonishness. <laughs> yes. Boy, I'm... I'm busting these words out good today, aren't
1: I? You are the king of <laughs> all words, mate. You are the, um, the Viscount of verbiage...
2: My brain moves too fast.
1: Your brain, oh, mate, your brain is in another time zone. You're like your brain's like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs>
2: well the heart well the heart family's all gonna be there at Ringside, so we're gonna see uh everyone's favorite heart brother, Bruce. <sighs> we're gonna see Smith.
1: So excited see, uh, to see Bruce. I the Stu? More... <gasps> just, was... Stu. Is Stu gonna be there, Justin? I think Stu is there, yes. What would Stu say if he was Yay! there, Justin?
2: This <laughs> is the one good match on this show.
1: <laughs>
2: why are there uh, two guys uh, dressed like uh, cadavers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, get that. <laughs> hey, uh, this, uh, uh, well, why do we gotta pay for the hotel room? Uh, company going broke? What's uh, going on here? Uh? Why did Vince uh, get convicted? It was uh, pretty obvious. Uh, everyone's uh, juiced. And look at the Davy boy. Uh.
1: <laughs> no, seriously, Justin. Do an impression of Stu Hart. You start, ring, uh. Whenever you're ready to start, you start, mate. Whenever you're ready to start.
2: I've exhausted. my stew for the day, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I I can only uh, gravel for uh, so long. Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, you know what? You're a liar. You're an absolute liar. You can what, totally what? do that because you do that with freaking Pac.
2: Hey, uh, well, Pac uh, is at the Newcastle uh, voice? Uh, That's also not <laughs> okay, okay, you
1: two, Pac, I'm like uh, a honey okay. but oh. I'll bite your busted legs off. <laughs> Okay, well, you're from Newcastle, so you can do it better. I am from Worcester in the West Midlands. I am visiting Newcastle. That's the same thing. I'm like a horny badger, (laughs) me!
2: Okay, fine, whatever. I I have to say, on
1: the subject of of horny badger, Pac, pack and Cassidy at Revolution. Tremendous. Oh, my God. Holy moly.
0: I have never heard that crowd go so wild. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and who see even corpse toward the end of the match, which was great.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't see that.
2: He, he smiled very visibly at one point, and Pac's face faces he just couldn't hold it in anymore.
0: <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe true. that Pac played along with the kicks. I didn't think that would happen.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, holy, he was just Pac you know, losing his mind because Orange Cassidy. He, he can't believe he's, he's got to put up with us and just gets drawn into it. He's like, "What the hell am I doing?" this OC just rolling away on both on to and fro on both sides of the ring from the uh, black arrow. That part killed me because you can just feel Pop getting
1: pissed. I'm mm-hmm. oh, I excited. Mean, oh, so, but, but, th- but that bit when he was rolled, but that bit as well, though, when Pack went to the one side of the ring and orange Cassie smiles at him, you can see pack start to crack. And I love it. I live for it because he had the crowd going, "Way!" And he saw Cassidy laughing. And Pac just couldn't hold the couldn't hold himself together. It was so good. Uh, And you know what? It just showed the entire world, as we've said here, it showed the entire world that Cassidy can flipping go.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, when he tries, he's great. He, and when he doesn't try, he's still great. He's still great.
0: It's... He will try. He will try. I
1: had, uh, I had, we had Effie on Desert Island Graps a few weeks back, and Effie. Oh,
0: that's awesome.
1: And Effie said that uh, he believes Orange Cassidy is going to be the biggest star in wrestling history. Once they finally tap into him at AEW, he is going to be a star that transcends wrestling and takes over Hollywood. He genuinely I, believes it. I
2: don't. Uh, I wouldn't go quite that far Ooh. It's a little look stream, but I think he'll do very, very, very well for himself. And I think there's a lot more novelty where it came from. He, I mean, he ain't going to be a one-trick pony. I know that.
1: Oh, absolutely not. I'm excited to see.
0: Uh, Shush.
1: Who is that? This is our that podcast. Austin.
0: That was Austin. We're still doing the podcast. He's not allowed in. <laughs> Tom said you're not allowed in. <laughs> you, you're not allowed
1: on. Get out! Go self-isolate! <laughs> the same for people who watched the podcast in the last
2: day, and two other people. Yes! Watch R- 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 Ross should say, not the podcast.
1: No, the po- only two people watched the podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> First, it started to fall over, and then it fell over. <laughs> but, so, my next two sentences... Owen lifts weights in a loading dock while Nightheart yells at him. (laughs) JR informs us that the ring girl looks like Anna Nicole Smith. (laughs) Sounds like a barn burner of a show. Oh my god.
1: I don't know who that is. So Anna Nicole Smith was an actress slash model. (laughs) Actress. (laughs) Go on. Uh, Who married a, a, a rich old man. Because, because she loved him because she loved him she loved the millionaire rich old man um back in the day so she married let me see if I can find the name of her uh, j howard marshall j howard marshall she married i uh, remember that wow american businessman and multi-millionaire j howard marshall for love now
2: now, what was the age disparity at that point i'm going to find this As the articles, she was 26 at the time she was a voluptuous blonde looked a lot like marilyn monroe uh, he so married it it her a little bit more enhanced.
1: He married her at eighty-nine, so okay. he, was he was eighty-nine. 18... She was. Oh, she was yes. twenty-six. He was eighty-nine, and she loved oh him. Oh
0: lord, but sixty-three we years.
2: Good lord,
1: and it was for love.
2: And then the final year, he died. She tried to get all of his money, and then the family trip got involved and it became a big thing, because it was obvious yeah. it was just a an arrangement and not love.
1: Oh, no, it okay. was love, what are you talking about?
2: And then she gained a lot of weight, and then she had a really sad reality show called The Anna Nicole Smith Show on the E! Network a few years later, which mm-hmm. actually depicted her husband's death in, in animation in the opening sequence. Oh, dear. I'm not making this up. You can look it up. And well, she has I since, might have to. And she has since passed on herself. Uh,
1: okay. And that was very the captivating stupid. career of Anna Nicole Smith. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, I would still have Jack recite that if I
1: wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jr. comes out with a line after he
2: says,
1: "And then J. Howard, Howard Marshall marries down the call. What are you
2: doing, Jay Howard? What are you doing? Anyway, end of the call." <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: not a bad, Jack. That. Um, well, thank you. Jr. comes out with a line. That was a good, Jack, as well. Actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much. Um, <laughs> JR comes out with a line which is just laced with, laced with, with bitterness um, he says oh she looks like Anna Nicole Smith long pause and he says here's to Anna and her elderly husband <laughs> 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 well, okay ah! alright Jim you okay
0: Oh, Austin attacked me with a dog.
1: Austin, go, not... away. What? What Austin he, go
0: away!
1: was he, Rick Stein? Austin Stubowitz, you are not welcome here. <laughs>
0: I'll wait till the, until the show comes out for him to hear that one.
1: You shall not pass. <laughs>
2: this be, be your text message now from now on.
1: Yes, yeah. If you want, clip that off, and that can be your text message tone. I'm
0: slowly
1: mad. <laughs> um, it's okay, though, because I, I got a kiss from a dog, which is nice. Wasn't that a seal oh. song? <laughs> kiss from a dog. Bar <laughs> again. Can I get the coronavirus from a dog? <laughs> you can't say it. No, I can on the, the podcast, not on the internet YouTubes. Oh, okay. The YouTubes will monetize, monetize was- me.
0: Okay, I thought I
1: thought it was you in the podcast. I was like, okay, I won't say it. <laughs> nah, it's fine. We we call it Voldemort from now on. <laughs>
2: <You> <laughs> Owen, Hart, name. <laughs> Owen Hart versus Reno Riggins. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Riggins. Shot of a middle-aged woman. Who's
0: Riggins?
2: Reno Riggins is a jobber who was there for many years. Friggin in the Riggins. Oh, okay. Um, shot of a middle-aged woman gyrating the Owen's music. Well, I'm scarred.
0: What is up with gyrating? There's so much gyrating on this show.
2: It was it was a lively time. I mean, <laughs> because I mean, the uh, smashing Pumpkins were big. I mean, Paul Puccin was coming out. Ninety-four was a big year. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> savage says, I'm, "I'm assuming this is Savage, not Jr." Saying the Rocket and the Anvil are bonafide cashew nuts.
1: That's a um, a, that's a Savage line.
2: Okay, just making sure. shoot nuts!
0: Of course! Of course that's a savage line.
2: Bruce is apparently backing Brett. I don't believe that. Briggins falls into a throwing belly-to-belly. Sharpshooter finishes. Owen keeps it applied while Nightheart cackles. Simple match. Simple gets Owen over because he's going to SummerSlam next month to face Brett inside a... Solid steel cage for the WWF championship, and I can't wait.
1: There's a great promo Ooh. coming up from Brett in the run-up to this as well.
0: Is oh, that yes. is that, like, is that like are you being serious? That actually is a good match?
1: Yeah. Brett, Brett versus Owen, hell yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm excited. I want to see it.
2: The tremendous match It's in Chicago's United Center, the only time they've, they've ever ran the building.
0: Oh, okay.
2: It was brand new at the time. Bomb versus Yoko, Tatanka versus Volkov next week. That just screams TV taping hour three.
1: It really, really does, doesn't it? But I love, I love how they have these completely pointless matches, but the voiceover makes, does everything to make them feel like important affairs. Dun, 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 dun. Tatanka. I, Volkov. Tatanka. These two men have something to prove, and they'll prove it in the ring next week. I love it. These guys were doing biggin' and Wigan long before I was even a thing. Like I applaud them for it by making these crap matches sound amazing. Dun, 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 dun.
2: The heat machine can't keep up. Dun, dun,
1: dun, dun, dun. <laughs>
2: Sparky plug versus... Yes,
1: my hero, George South. Oh, 2020 is incredible, right? Not only is it the year of Voldemort shutting down everything, hilariously, it is the year that we have a promo from Jake the Snake Roberts that puts the world on notice, right? Yeah. And what a promo by Jake it was. Oh! Oh, gosh. So good. I don't want a piece of the pie, just your share. Oh, mate!
2: <laughs> it was the closing line. It was like, you never turn your back on someone you respect or fear. Turns back towards the mic over his head when oh, he catches it.
1: So
0: good! <laughs> the, so good! The clever thing, the clever thing was the end of the line like he was gonna say more. He's like, I. someone once told me
1: that, that you uh, yes. never turn your back on someone, and then he does it like, oh, that was awesome. So, so good. But the reason I mentioned this, right, the Jake promo was amazing. Less than a week later, on NWA Power, on their show, The Circle Squared, the, the in-ring return to prominence of George South
2: who's pushing 60 but can still go.
1: My God, I fell in love with George South when he came out for Circle Squared, as you can tell by watching it since I was on it. Uh, (laughs) I I decided uh, it doesn't really matter who he faces, just give him the Circle Squared contract. I want to see more George South on NWA Power. If
2: Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder were Bill and Ted, George South would be their Rufus.
1: I feel like George South is like, like in an alternative dimension, their ridiculous dad.
2: He's like George Mazan and cool and savvy.
1: Yeah. Oh, why is, oh my God. Um, right, lads, right, lads, brain attack. Yeah. Right, revival, bit off WWE, go to NWA power, claim you are the children of George South.
2: Or just French yourself with the AEW.
1: Oh my god! Yes. That'd be so good!
2: Better.
1: And he said, Dad, <laughs> I love you, Dad. <laughs> and,
2: and, and then their teenage could be Sons of the South.
1: Oh! oh, oh. Zippity-doo-da! a <laughs> well, are you okay? No, I'm singing Song Shut of the it. South, sorry. You may have had a camgasm here. <laughs> oh, that's so good. But anyway, George South was a bit crappier.
2: <laughs> <He's a, laughs> wait, 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 what?
1: He was a be- he's a better worker now than he was here in this particular match.
2: Well uh, let's see if my notes agree with you.
1: <laughs>
2: Bet this would still be a fun match. Calling him Sparky takes some of the gravitas out of him. More more likely Nielsen bullshit. <laughs> Savage Plugs Coming to America. Ooh, another great movie. South staggers comically off a back elbow. Great-looking high cross body finishes. It was all right. <laughs> it was all right. It, sounds, bot- it,
0: it sounds okay.
2: Quick quick I bring up Leslie Nielsen during the match, which is, um... <sighs> I think they got to air these vignettes on a roll soon, and I don't want to watch them. <laughs> And I love Leslie Nielsen because I love the Naked Gun movies, but come on. I love Airplane. I don't want to go see him do bad stuff. I watch Wrongfully Accused. I watch Spy Hard. They were bad enough.
1: Oh, no. Now you've got Leslie Nielsen being written by WWF writers. For those of you who are following along with with this show
2: that have never seen the uh, Naked Gun movies, watch the original sometime soon, and you will appreciate one of the greatest comedies of all time. One of the absolute funniest and zanniest spoofs of a cop movie you've ever seen in your entire life. It's, it's, it's nonstop acting from start to finish. And it'll dilute what you see Mr. Nielsen doing here for WWF. Because their idea of comedy, especially in 1994, was uh, not good.
1: It is, it is definitely Leslie Nielsen, but it is written by the WWF.
0: <laughs>
2: yes. Whoa, Basically, whoa. it's like if Naked Gun were ricochet on the independent scene... Leslie Nielsen is ricochet losing the Reddick Moss.
1: Oh <sighs>
2: Nice. There is a continental divide between the two.
1: That truly is. That truly, truly is.
2: <laughs> and Todd narrates the Undertaker video. Ah, the sightings. All with New York accents.
1: E, hey, you what? won't believe it! The Undertaker, he was in here buying biscuits. Of course he was, mate. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, a show in Chicago?
2: What's that? <laughs> is it? Well, oh, you know, yeah, it, but, but see, the thing is, these are nationwide sightings, but they all have New York accents. Let's go to Tucson. Yeah, Undertaker was—he uh, was walking through the cemetery. Yeah, uh, and now we—and now we go to Carrollton, Georgia. Yeah, i i, I, I was doing yard work outside, and the Undertaker was. Uh, We now go to Juneau, Alaska. Yeah, I was burying a guy for stabbing an ice pick. Here comes Undertaker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The state of some of these people that have been in these vignettes. I can't remember whether it was on this particular one, whether they ran the guy who was filling up his car with gas. Right. And he is in the most disgusting T-shirt. It's got holes in it and paint down it. He just looks like he has been in a war with a paintbrush. And he just oh, cool. looks like he slept in his car for three months. Like, come on. Oh, come, you... on the Bro- <laughs> come on, the Brooklyn Brawler's trying, Tom. <laughs> I wish it was the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, but these segments were something else. Oh, they really were. Oh,
2: okay. okay, this part I remember. This part I remember. Paul Bearer said this. He said Undertaker was chosen to protect the innocents from the evil of darkness. He's RoboCop. So why didn't he save Sting at WrestleMania Thirty-One? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here's the thing, was right? It- Jr. doesn't suffer fools gladly on AEW commentary, and you can tell like he doesn't. If there's something that's a little bit hokey, he won't call it. But yet there he is mm-hmm. at Capital Combat. There's RoboCop. I can't believe it. RoboCop's coming to save Sting. Well,
2: that was one he- of that's before his sword escaped his
1: body. Ah right. They now keep it in a little Bluetooth container. <laughs> I haven't had energy for more than four hours. <laughs> I haven't been I haven't been mentally priapic in quite some time. Chat me up, why are you selling for the
2: robot? <laughs> <laughs> so um... Uh... <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little confused here because since when was Undertaker here to protect the innocent people? He, 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 tried to kill the Ultimate Warrior inside a casket. Well, unless he
1: was evil. He wasn't. Well, he, he wasn't innocent. Mate, he had the, he had the, uh, he had, he had that American flag under his coat that time. I oh,
2: got yeah, the Betsy Ross flag.
1: Yeah, the Betsy Ross flag. He was here to protect the innocent. If you are under the Betsy Ross flag.
2: Okay, even though you hate America, would you wear that in public?
1: I don't hate America. Yeah, you do. I don't. It. I love America. Okay, I, fine. I drove America home once. What was this? I on WCBS FM in 2017. I did a okay, I, okay. I did a break on Broadway Bill Lee Show. I've driven That's America right. home.
2: I I thought like literally like you stuffed. For, Friggin Rhode Island in the trunk for, for space reasons and then just...
1: No, I only mean it in the, in, in the wanky radio sense of, hey, I'm driving you home tonight. I'm not. I'm playing the same four it's... songs whilst telling you what the weather's like. But I'm driving you home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, America.
2: I'm just, um, I had no response for that. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's fine, mate. <laughs>
0: I I don't know what's going on anymore.
1: Talking about radio, you're young, you don't know radio. <laughs> I know Spotify.
0: radio, I just, I, I just don't
1: know many radio. What radio do you listen to? Uh, uh,
0: I listen to, like, uh, the normal, like, pop channels and Pop 2K and stuff like that. Do you listen to I Z100? I listen to, um, I, I do, li- I sometimes listen to Z100, but I also, um, uh, once in a while, usually when I'm with my dad, I'll listen to Busted Open, because he loves Busted Open. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so radio's alive and well in America. This is good news.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Call the press.
1: All the presses. Radio alive and well.
2: So, continuing. <laughs> yeah. Uh... DiBiase's taker was hated, but Bears was loved. I wrote, eh, you're a little off. Because <laughs> Bears' taker was a heel at first, I remember.
1: Absolutely. He was a badun. He nearly tried to kill Hulkamania. So, right, so so
2: far in 1994, we've learned that Owen Hart's Win Brett was a fluke, and he cheated the win. And that Paul Bears Undertaker was always a baby face.
1: And who says that WWE's only recently started rewriting history?
2: <laughs> uh-uh. And, and, and Hulk Hogan is a senile old fool. Well, oh, that's half true.
1: <laughs> they just starting to spit the truth on Hogan these days. That's the only difference.
2: And we get a badass trailer for SummerSlam, which actually wasn't bad. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Tom's favorite jobber ever, Gary Sabal. Yeah, the Italian Stallion. Come on. Bigelow for Sabal. <laughs> Matt Hardy's
1: least favorite wrestler ever. Oh, this guy. The story. Were you on with us, Sydney, when we told you the story of Gary Sabar? No. So Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy were keen to break into uh, the mainstream wrestling world. And Gary Sabar uh, offered them training and offered them uh, lifts to WWF shows in return for taking like a massive cut of the fee that they would get. He was just a swindler. Yes. And, and um, see if I can remember this story off the top. Actually, I don't need to because I need to go to um, Hardy Boys. I'm going to try and remember the story off the top of my head. Uh, but then I thought I could just okay. easily just Google it because it's much easier. So so the Hardy Boys and Gary Sabar had themselves um, a little bit of a relationship which involved Gary Sabar taking a lot of money from them. Um, what ended up happening was, and they talk about this on the uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy DVD, um, There was an occasion where Gary Sabar actually left the Hardy Boys stranded in Charlotte, North Carolina, when they were meant to be traveling to a show in Georgia. Uh, Oh, my goodness. He'd agreed to give them a lift and then changed changed his mind and went off without him. However, despite the fact that he refused to pick them up and get them to the show, and they had to get to the show themselves, Gary Sabar still said, Hey, I still want the money that you've been giving me. (laughs) He was making $100 per appearance from the Hardy Boys was Gary Sabar. So he was, oh my he was asking for the Hardy Boys to cross his palm with silver every time he did it. And uh, this, thing might, we might not see Sabar for much longer because eventually Matt Hardy uh, brings plugs up the courage to tell Bruce Pritchard what's going on. And uh, Gary Sabar would be uh-huh. quietly okay. released from the company.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and he faded from the business not long after. So, yes, very, very okay. corrupt.
1: He was a swine.
2: Very like much it. so. So, hopefully Bigelow does a number on him here. Excellent. <laughs> Go figure the first sentence I write in my notes. Wonder if Sabal collected any appearance fees. Hey! Savage claims DiBiase was talking to Luger. Um, Rawls informs us that Sabal is the world spaghetti eating champion.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, what?
2: Um, I'll read it verbatim again. Ross <laughs> informs us that Sable is the world spaghetti-eating champion.
0: Justin, I'm reading it so I can see it, but just what
2: Okay, well, uh, see, Sable has Italian heritage, and if you didn't know this, his ring attire was a pair of black trunks, just basic black trunks, but with one noticeable characteristic— the word Italy written in white print <laughs> on his ass. Oh,
0: my God.
2: Now, most Italian wrestlers like say, little Guido or, well, I shouldn't should say most because that's generalizing, but a lot of Italian wrestlers have the red, white, and green as part of their color scheme to, to oh, indicate yeah. the, you know, the Italian flag. This guy, just, he, went, he, just, he just went black and white with it. Black tights, word Italy on ass and white.
0: Oh, my God.
2: And in the most generic font imaginable, like, n- nothing fancy, just here's not time for your frills, I mean I mean, if he if he had money to buy, you know, good tights, he wouldn't have to you know, take the Hardy Boys money so much But that's just that's just the lay of the land at this point So yes, World Spaghetti Eating Champion Savage says DiBiase is cold and calloused, must have gnarly skin <laughs>
0: Bigelow with
2: <laughs> Bigelow with a flying back elbow that looked good Crappy-looking million-dollar bulldog finishes. Bet that, that's its only appearance.
1: Let's talk about the million-dollar bulldog. So, let's. So this is so. Bam Bam Bigelow needs to establish he is aligned with Ted DiBiase. So a great a great way to uh-huh. homage DiBiase is to take on his finisher. So we see. what we see. Bam Bam Bigelow lock in the million dollar dream, and and obviously a decision is made ahead of time of how can Bam Bam make it his own, and and I thought like the the, the combinations you could do with from a million dollar dream into another move. You could do it as like a slam, almost full Nelson slam-esque. Lift the guy up and drop him. That's very effective. Turn it into a suplex. So just drop them backwards. Uh, dragon style pin. That'd work. Probably not right for Bigelow. Two of those are really good options. You could just swing them around a bit like Big Show would do in 2006 from like the Cobra Clutch throw that he did in CW. In you can easily do that that worked for bigelow no no none of those he decides to go what if we turn it into a bulldog where i go in completely the opposite direction to which my body is currently moving and force the wrestler to move in also the opposite direction to which is comfortable and nearly break his neck and my pelvis well
2: Maybe it was a it was a message, you know. Hey, that's not your money. Give it back.
1: <laughs> it may have been a digger saber. Uh, I don't. I like the idea of 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 making the dream, the million dollar dream, your own. But this was crap.
2: I called it the racket buster.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I had a thought that just now. The, the original WWF wrestling console video game which WrestleMania for the NES in 1989 what a game it had, had six wrestlers i mean it sucked but had six wrestlers and three of them are at ringside right now DiBiase, Piccolo, and savage
1: oh wow was that the first wrestling game
2: first like first like home console game for from for, 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 for like nes
1: oh i don't oh i'm I think, oh, yeah I, th- yeah, I apologize, sir. I apologize, mm-hmm. because I was thinking of WWF WrestleMania Challenge, but that came out after.
2: That was the second one. That, and that was the best of the four NES games that WWF had, which is like being... Um,
1: good,
2: the dog agrees. Yeah, was good point. <laughs> Murph with a good point there. <laughs> but yes, um, WrestleMania was not a good game. So, yeah, Gary Sabal died to death here. Bigelow flattened him with a crappy-looking finish that I'm pretty sure we never see again, as I've noted here. No. So now we go to the big finish. post match interview with DiBiase. Claims he's been talking to Luger, who doesn't answer JR's question. DiBiase teases a big announcement for this weekend. Tatanka comes out. Claims he knows Luger sold out, so he tried to warn us. DiBiase says the following <laughs> sentence verbatim. Calm down, Indian. Don't get your feathers ruffled.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that would not fly in
0: 2020. No, it <laughs> would not.
2: DiBiase claims the Tonga so didn't get the offer. Wagers 10 grand that he can't beat Nikolai Volkov. DiBiase is a dumb individual.
1: Agreed. So next week, we now have... To Tonka versus Nikolai Volkov in a $10,000 match.
2: A bounty match, so to speak. Wow! <laughs> Nikolai Volkov is Boba Fett.
1: <laughs> the irony being, these guys are barely John. making $100. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted a John. <laughs> Go for it, just...
2: <laughs> Nikolai Volkov is Boba Fett.
1: <laughs> Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett.
2: Um, I'm sorry, I was just laughing because I, I saw a Boccia Mania ending <laughs> recently. It, it was the one where... um, Remember the Simpsons episode where the PTA disbanded? Tom? Yes. <laughs> if you remember the scene where the kids are in the music class and say, now Mr. Logger's gone, we, go, we can play the forbidden <laughs> the forbidden music. <laughs> But <laughs> for the Bachelorette and it was Samoa Joe's theme song they were playing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and,
2: and then when Larger comes back to say, I heard that, instead of, I heard that, he said, he's frat, and then leaves again. <laughs> oh, God, he's good. <laughs> it just cracked me up.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: So, I guess the, that was this completely memorable show. Yeah. <laughs> so, that I remember so well that half of it that, that I swear it didn't baffle me as I was going along saying wow that happened <laughs> <laughs> Tom what did you think of the show that you watched more recently than either of us
1: <laughs> okay so um, this week's episode uh, good match to start big, like, two big stars for the IC title nice way to start uh, at least we have something that vaguely feels like an angle being built uh, on this show it feels very much about the did Luga sell out uh, malarkey, which bookends the show, which is quite nice. And uh big fan of Todd Pettingill's dad's jacket. <laughs> you mean Tool <tall> Petting Zoo? <laughs> Sorry, I mean Tool Petting Zoo's jacket. <laughs>
2: From this point forward, that would be his name until further notice.
1: Oh gosh! So we roll on from here. We're back now. Normal service is resuming from from now on, unless unless I do unless I have actually died in the ring, which may have already happened, but you won't know about it. But, just um, Sid, have you enjoyed being here today.
0: Oh yeah, I've loved it. Sorry about the dogs barking and my brother
1: being an idiot. Uh, it's fine. We're used to him being an idiot. <laughs>
0: literally there was during part of that where I wasn't really saying anything where he just kept throwing a plastic ball at me and like I would just throw it right back at him and he also got attacked by dogs and he was trying to throw toys so they would start barking and stuff
1: absolute scumbag (laughs)
0: Yeah, but the, the time where they actually did start barking, that was because someone was walking down the street, and Rue can't have that. Can you, Rue?
1: No, Rue is protecting the house. <laughs> well, hopefully She's nothing
2: a will... tiny
0: dog. How is she supposed to protect it?
2: Well, hopefully next week nothing ruins this great show we have coming up with, the Tonka versus Nikolai Volkov and No oh. versus Adam Bomb,
1: because, I mean, oh, that's like boy.
0: the... <laughs>
2: That's the Alpha and the Omega.
1: That is so.
0: It really does sound like
1: it. With a little bit of uh, housekeeping. So, next week, myself and Justin will be talking through uh, two absolute belters uh, as part of Monday Night Raw. Uh, The week (laughs) after, uh, we are joined by a new special guest on the Cultivolic Classic Raw review. Um, We are. I can't. Have I mentioned to you the guest or not? Apparently not. Oh, I apologize. How terrible. (laughs) Terrible in-house admin. Uh, The guy in question knows he's doing it. Uh, He's a very wonderful friend of mine who has uh, a lot to say on this era in wrestling. Um, We're going to be welcoming William R. Washington from rbr wrestling to come and join us to watch an episode okay. of monday night raw in a couple of weeks time i've known will uh, for about 15 years uh, and one of the first wow. wrestling first wrestling podcast i was ever on was rbr weekly wrestling talk <laughs> so i felt sounds- like it was only right that we return the favor okay that sounds good man if you want to see if you want to see him he is on uh, nwa circle squared with me this week <laughs> He's on there as well. Ooh. There you go. Look out for William RBR on Twitter. He'll be joining us uh, for a future episode. Sid, plug away. Plug yourself before you go.
0: Okay. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at SAZoomer4. I'm actually using Instagram a little more, so if you want to follow me there, I believe it's at SAZoomer. I have to double-check because I'm an idiot. Um... Uh, sorry it is it's the same it's at essays number four it's the same thing um i'm trying to post a little more on there especially because matt and nick are on there so yeah uh,
1: um shall we not for your boyfriends I, uh, yeah I'm
0: on, <laughs> I'm on uh i'm on the discord i'm one of the moderators sydney asked you'll see me if you're on there i got a yellow name it's pretty um if you actually you know what i'm not gonna plug austin <laughs> i'm not gonna plug his podcast because it's basically dead but, um, uh, I mean, it's true and he knows it. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, thanks again for having me on. I'm sorry if I haven't been able to add much to the show because, again, guess. didn't watch it. This is very last minute.
1: <laughs> no, it's always a pleasure to have you on, Jay- Uh oh
0: uh oh oh, sorry cats cats hissing at the dog oh god oh god okay before before
1: cats and dogs have their final showdown uh justin what do you want to plug Uh, another war
2: story is coming this week but other than that business as usual
1: business as usual it is business as usual here at cultaholic he is at jrh writing i am at tom campbell together we are at cultaholic on twitter we will see you next week do not forget to wash your hands love you bye